This is My Favorite DJ, the podcast. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this very special episode. We recently were able to raise over $8,000. I'm going to tell you guys all about it as the podcast progresses. First, I want to answer a couple of questions about a product rollout that I did uh, on my Instagram page. I've been getting a lot of questions from a lot of DJs over justonelink.net. Basically, this problem that we all have across social media of only being able to place one link. For example, Instagram allows you a bio and then one link. So what do you put on that one link space? Do you put on your Twitter? Do you put on your Spotify? Do you put on your Mixcloud? Do you link your Facebook? Do you link your website? A lot of the social media platforms that we basically live on these days allow you to just use one link on the bio section and that's not enough I ran into the problem where I have a Spotify account where this podcast goes up and also I have an account with iTunes and then I also put my podcast up on Mixcloud so which link do I put up on my Instagram which is my most traveled social media I, I couldn't figure that out Thankfully, just one link solves that problem. Now, I put just one link, .net forward slash DJ Conflict, and when you go to that, all of my links are there. My Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, my press kit, my website, my booking information, my email, it's all there using just one link. I think it's a fantastic concept. The difference between just one link, .net and the rest of the link websites that exist out there is that you actually have a designer that puts your picture, your logo, can also do a bit of customization to the actual page itself, even though I think it looks clean and neat uh, when it's very simple. And you have all of your links in one place. If you've been on the fence about getting a website and you're like, hmm, should I get a website? Is it worth the investment of spending $600, $700, $1,000 on a website, depending on the complexity of it? You're not sure about it? I would tell you, why not spend $35 and get a just one link site? They host it for you. They have all of your information there, and it stays up forever. If you ever want to make a change, it's like a small fee. It's like 10 bucks to make a change if you have a new picture or something along the lines of uh, a new link, and you're set. You have your just one link page up with all of your pertinent social media slash booking info slash contact information in one place. Now, this is important why. Let's say, for example, a booker or somebody that wants to... This isn't just for DJs, by the way. There's going to be a massive rollout to a lot of different sectors of the internet economy. But let's just take DJs and then we'll do uh, barbers because uh, I told my barber about it. But let's say DJs. If you have a booker that is present only on Instagram and you send that booker uh, a link to your website and he looks around and doesn't really understand what you're trying to convey with your website maybe you have a video up he's not interested in that he wants to hear a mix or he wants to just see pictures if you give him a just one link he can go to this page and then pick what social media he prefers to see that you're providing so if this person is more predominantly inclined to uh check you out on instagram they can click on the instagram link and bam it opens up on their phone it's a really fantastic way to navigate through all of your social media check it out it's going to be on my page not right now but it will be on my page uh, once I take down this GoFundMe and if you don't know what I'm talking about last Friday I found out that the Red Bull three style battle does not pay the winners or the participants and I thought that was uh, a very interesting choice by Red Bull so I decided to start a GoFundMe I started a GoFundMe to basically pay the DJs that were involved in the battle because I thought that it was not okay that Red Bull was not paying the contestants. I put up $1,000 of my own money and I put the link up on my Instagram. I made a quick video and it kind of took off. And my initial target was $3,500 because I was going to give the winner 1000 and then $500 for the other five participants. But uh, last I checked, it was like 8200 bucks. 
And uh, this was all donated by people in the community, people that thought that it was also not okay that DJs were doing work for free. So um, some of the, let me start with the counter arguments first. Some of the counter arguments have been, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were getting into before they battled. And this is possible. It's also possible that some of the DJs said, hey, I want to battle or sent in a submission video and got approved to battle and didn't know that there was going to be no cash prize. And then once they got accepted, they were like, oh man, thank you so much for accepting me to the battle. Um, so what's the prize? And they were like, nothing. That's possible too, right? We don't know what the individual examples might be. I also don't want to put pressure on the competitors to come out because maybe they want to compete in future years and they don't want to get blackballed, whatever the case might be. So let's say that they did know that there was zero prize money and they still entered. Does that make it okay that a company is hosting a battle to celebrate the DJ and the DJ is not getting paid regardless of what place they're in? Not even first place is getting paid. Does that make it okay? I think it still doesn't. Even if they accept the entry and knowing they're not going to get paid, I still don't think it's okay for all of that to happen. Another argument against the GoFundMe was that you get a lot of exposure and new fans, and that's worth more than money. And I would like to disagree with that again, because Chris Villa got third place. And I use him as an example because he seemed to be the favorite for the battle, and a lot of people that were present in that club thought that he won. Now, I wasn't. I watched it online over a stream, and I thought somebody else won. So it really depends on where you were, how you watched it, right? But the general consensus, I believe, was that Chris Villa was a favorite to win. At the least, we can say that. He got third place. So let's examine this. They get exposure and a lot of fame and press. I believe the live stream had maybe 2,500 to 3,000 people. It's not a lot of people. A lot of these DJs have more followers than that on their social media pages. So maybe there's some new people there, some new fans, right? What percentage of viewers do you believe were normal people? Like if you're a DJ and you're listening to this now and you have a brother or a sister that are outside of your bubble, near the same age, do you think that they would take time out of their day to watch a Red Bull 3 style or any sort of DJ battle? I, I don't think so. So let's say that out of those 3,000 people, at most 10% are viewers, watchers outside of our bubble, outside of our industry, outside of our community. So if, if there's 10%, that means there's about 250, 300 people. What do you think the conversion rate to new fans is going to be if they stuck through the entire battle for any of these DJs? I would say it's relatively low. Probably 10% of that, right? So we're talking about 30 followers, 30 new fans. And I'm not I'm not disparaging it, but it's not as great as you might think it is, right? So that's just on the fan tip. Now, if I examine this, that's giving that argument a little bit of legs. Examine it, examining it from my point of view, if you have 3,000 people watching, that's maybe a lot of Chris Villa fans, a lot of Jay Espinosa fans, a lot of Javen fans, a lot of, of IFTW fans, a lot of Adam C fans, a lot of, um, who else? Who, who am I missing? Um, I'm going to have to look it up. Sorry if I forgot your name. And, and I feel like it's a very obvious name, but... Now I'm drawing a blank. Uh, dynamics. Sorry, Dynamics. You have a lot of these DJs that bring on their own fans to watch the show. Why? Because they plug it on their social media. So what I think the, re the, the real situation was, was that you get a lot of these DJs that plug the battle through their social media and they bring their fans to the stream. So now how many people do you think that are J. Espinosa fans are going to convert to being Adam C. fans uh, after the battle, what percentage would you say? 
they're riding with their DJ. They're like, nah, man, I'm a, I'm a Jay Espinosa fan. Everyone else sucked. That, that, com- that fan conversion rate is probably even lower than the one I discussed previously. So the third argument, which makes the most sense, is the argument against starting this fundraiser to pay these DJs because they worked their asses off, right? The third argument and the last one, which makes the most sense, is, okay, but they convert this popularity to gigs. Now, that one is on the money, but there's still a problem with that. So a lot of industry people are watching this battle, a lot of DJs, a lot of bookers, club managers, not a lot, but enough to where you would be able to convert your Red Bull set to some gigs. Yes? We agree on this, right? Who's getting those gigs? Do you think that they're going to book number two or number three or number four? I don't know. I don't think so. Because if you're a club, don't you want to book the champion? So the only one that's really making a, a conversion into DJ gigs is the guy that wins or the girl that wins, Jay Espinoza. He's the one that stands to gain the most converting his battling into some money after the battle, some money from outside revenue streams, from nightclubs that want to book the national champion. You, what, let's say that a booker liked Dynamics said, I believe Dynamics was second. I don't remember now, but let's say that they like second place, regardless of who it was. They're like, oh, I want to book the second place DJ. How does that convert into sales for their audience? What are they going to put on the flyer? Second place Red Bull National Championship when they can just book the guy that won and put Red Bull or DJ champion, national champion. So the conversion rate for making money on the back end for gigs only goes to the guy that or the girl that places first. So because of all of these reasons, I decided to start a GoFundMe, and it took off, and people thought that it was not okay. I also told people to hashtag, hashtag pay the DJs or pay the DJ on specific posts. So if you see that hashtag around, maybe you should add to it. I think that that's the right thing to do It's pay the DJ. The nightclub didn't open for free that night they were charging people at the door if you bought a drink you paid the bartender so if we're going to celebrate the craft the technical abilities the the hard work the creative interpretation of music as done so by a dj then motherfucker pay the dj that's what i've thought <laughs> this whole time it's like something okay maybe not cash okay Let's say, for example, that the battle decides to pay for a day before, a day a, uh, the day of the battle and the day after. As far, as far as I understand, the competitors were only given a hotel room the night of. So if the company sponsoring the battle decided, hey, we're going to give you three days your food will be taken care of, transportation's taken care of, we set up a tour of the city and we're going to go to a museum and everything's going to be taken care of by us, then we're not having this conversation and there's never a GoFundMe because you guys got something. If the people organizing a DJ battle say, there's no cash prize, but you get to win a mixer and a turntable, we're not having this conversation and there's no GoFundMe. If the organizers of a battle say, first place takes all, and the prize is only 500 bucks. Take it or leave it. We're not having this conversation. But there was no prize for anybody. Zero. Besides a plane ticket to go battle at the world championship. And I think that that is just on principle, not okay. Ethically, not okay. Regardless of what company is hosting a battle doesn't matter who it is. doesn't matter what they make. doesn't matter what the company's worth. What matters is the principle behind a month of preparation, a month of editing, and a lifetime 
of curating talent and skill to perform in front of people and display your ability. That's how I've, I've felt about this from the moment that I found out they were not getting anything. And the rules are, are online somewhere if you want to check them out. Basically, if you win the world, you get the chance to call yourself the world champion. That's the prize for the world. Now, all of this put together leaves kind of a bad taste in my mouth because another counter-argument that I've heard that I just dismiss immediately is maybe they had to cut budget and somebody said, let's keep it alive, but we'll just bring down the prize money to zero. Maybe an executive somewhere said, look, if we're going to keep having this battle, it's too expensive. We're not converting enough. So we have to cut something. Okay. Why is the first thing that you cut or why is the thing that you cut the money for the DJ? Why don't you cut your, your sponsor extensions, the people that you might be paying to host? Why don't you find a cheaper uh, rental company? Why don't you have it at a smaller venue? Why is, the, why is the thing that you cut the money for the DJs? That, again, not okay, in my opinion, and hopefully in yours too. None of that is cool with me. And I hopefully, and it shouldn't be cool with you either, regardless of whether you're battling and you're in this or not. It's like if, the, if, if a company hosting a battle says we're not making enough money off this, we got to cut something, then maybe you should just cut the battle then. Like if you're not making money, don't, don't use other people's names and their fan base to have an event and make, make your event successful and good based on the fan base of the people battling and then not give them any cash, not give them anything, a mixer, a set of records, a book bag. <sighs> not okay, in my opinion, of course. Um, and uh, when I found out about this, I actually just like sent out, you know, a couple of Instagram stories was like, this is not okay. I can't believe this is happening. I'm like really upset. And I got a message saying, stop complaining about things, take some action. It makes you seem salty when you just complain and you don't do anything. And I appreciate that, that message because that message was, was correct. Just complaining without action is not enough. <clears throat> I don't want to be a complainer. I want to be a doer. So we all did something. We all did something. If you donated, you shared the... Um, the link if you tweeted about it if you hashtag pay the djs anywhere you're contributing what i would like moving forward for everyone that contributed in one way or another is to look around and examine the dj influencers the 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 dj leaders around us that have been silent Some people may have not been able to donate money because they don't have cash. Some people may have energy and time, so they hashtag pay the DJs or they share the link or they send a message saying, hey, this is not cool. And that's, in some ways, the equivalent of donating money to pay these DJs. I would want you, if you think that I, that I present a solid case and that it's not okay, I would want you to look around and see who's been silent this whole time. Who has not said anything? Who has a platform to potentially say something and kept their mouth shut about this? That's all I would ask. I'm not going to tell you what to do when you find these people. That's up to the individual. But as a community, we kind of got to stand up when stuff like this happens. This is, this is a macro of a DJ taking a gig for free down the street. I'm always going to side with the DJ. Always. Whether it be a multi-trillion dollar company not paying the DJ for something, for their service, for a minute of work, for a consultation. Or the club down the street that owes somebody a bunch of money. 
and they're engaged in shady business, I'm always going to side with the DJ all day. Before, like my stance, you know, innocent until proven guilty, I agree with that 100%. But when it comes to the DJ world, I'm siding with the DJ from the jump, and then we can talk about the the details after. Because more often than not, I'm going to be in the right by doing so. So I side with the DJ community. I side with the, the competitors. I side with the champion, the, the national champion, that should be compensated for his or her work. And all of the other DJs should be compensated for their work also. Because even if your argument is, well, they only did 15 minutes. Mm-mm. They did 15 minutes on stage. They did a lot of time of preparation. And they did a lot to gain those fans that they brought to the stage to watch them perform either online, on their social media, or in person. So that 15-minute thing is not something I, I would accept as, a, as an argument. So look around, see who stayed silent, and you know, do whatever you think you got to do. But at, at minimum, notice what people push, what agendas they push. Man, I'm going to, I'm going to, and this is all based on a tweet that was like sent to me. I don't know if I, I'm pretty sure I retweeted it, but I was like, yo, this guy's, this guy nailed it. Let me read this tweet real quick. I know I retweeted it. Should, should have had it ready, but it's not that far. So at Terry5Mag, Terry, the number five, M-A-G, tweeted, you can publish anything you want about politics, religion, Trump. And if it gets some clicks, everyone will copy it. Say one word about Red Bull and the dance music press and the DJ influencers go stone silent. Hashtag pay the DJs. And I thought, whoa, that's heavy. This is based off of a 5chicago.com magazine article that was written. If you haven't uh, seen that, I highly recommend you read it because they nailed it it's 5chicago.com the number 5 chicago.com and I think this person's right let me see if, if the link is easy enough I'll, I'll share the link on the website actually it'll be in the notes it'll be in the show notes so if you're on the podcast app it'll be on the show notes for you to check out the link and you can read the article um let me see if this article's not long. I can just read it on here. Eh. It pro it's probably better for the magazine to get clicks. I'll just read I'll read an excerpt here. Uh so I'm just gonna I'm not gonna read this blurb about me. Uh this year's Red Bull battle recently had its national championships in Philadelphia. And though and through his fellow DJs conflict found out that the multi-billion dollar company was lo no longer giving out any kind of prizes to its local national and international winners neither cash nor gear there are regional competitions within the u.s as well as 21 other countries holding their own competitions that lead up to the finals in taiwan the website states the main award for each national finals participant is the opportunity to take place to take part at the respective national final and the best of all <laughs> And best of all, the prize for the world champion is to be awarded the title Red Bull Music Three-Style World Champion. That's it. Here's a quote. They're supposed to be celebrating the DJ, and they're the one person that doesn't get paid. Here's another quote. If the whole point is to celebrate the art of DJing and all of, creative, and all of its creative possibilities, why is, the DJs, why is it that the DJs get nothing from their hundreds, if not thousands, of hours of work that they put into their craft? Basically what I'm echoing here. And... All of this is accessible to you through 5chicago.com. So the number 5chicago.com. And I think it's a pretty good article. It's like, it's not mean. We're not like disparaging. It's just reporting what's going on. I'm going to check the GoFundMe as I talk here. I'm also going to read questions at the end of this podcast, but... Last I checked, it was like 8,000 
200 and it's the, people are still donating we're, we're almost at nine grand right now it's eight thousand nine hundred and forty dollars so the way i'm going to split this up is the winner of the battle is going to get double what all the other people get <clears throat> so that's how i'm going to split it up uh I, I don't really want to say much more in regards to how i'm going to do that because i don't want anybody to receive backlash so I mean, obviously, eventually in the future, once the battle, once the world championships are done, then you guys will see your money at work. But I don't want to blackball anybody. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be blackballed, so I won't be entering any competitions anytime soon, especially if the prize money is zero. But I don't want to present checks and get pictures and, and I don't want to do anything like that because there might be wild cards. Some of the DJs from the US might make it to the to the world beyond just the champion. So I'm gonna cool off on all of this because it's not the the important part isn't getting like attention for for payments and for giving this cash out. But I think that it's it deserves some recognition because of the fact that all of you guys provided them with this and I want to make sure that you see where your money goes and I promise that that will happen but the battle has to be over and done with before anything concrete gets sent out into the world um, I am the custodian of the cash and uh, obviously I will be held accountable entirely and don't worry it's in good hands so that's what's going to happen eventually I want the battle to be over World championships happen, they're done, and then we'll go from there in regards to sorting out this cash. I think it's pretty crazy that so many people donated. Uh, I think the average donation was something like 50, 60 bucks. A lot of clubs donated. Thank you to John in Iowa. He donated money. My friend uh, Sean from Sway in Fort Lauderdale, Sway Nightclub, he donated money. The Rich Group donated money. DJ XL put down some money also club killers alex dreams matched my thousand dollar donation he also put down a thousand dollars so thank you to all of those people that made the real big donations thank you to the small donations thank you to the hashtags thank you to everybody that contributed to some of this and just bringing awareness to the space that it's not cool to have djs for free when you trim the fat down to zero that's what it is. It's having DJs for free. Um, I made a point during this podcast to kind of state the the opposing views because I thought that that's important. And let me see something real quick. Where is this Halloween night? Uh, this is a flyer that just got put up. Whatever, I'll take a look at it after. I'm silly for doing that on, on the podcast. <clears throat> All right, so I think that's the extent of the piece uh, on this last week that happened. Uh, definitely want to move forward now that we all know where we stand as a community. And I would like to read some questions sent to the podcast. If you have questions, feel free to send them my favorite podcast at DJ. I'm fucking hell. I'm reading emails at the same time. Rewind that. Forget what I just said. If you have questions, please send them to my favorite podcast at gmail.com. Once again, any question can be sent to my favorite podcast at gmail.com. I can also read questions anonymously if you don't want me to read your name, and I can do my best to answer them. And I promise that when you send these questions in, there are a lot of people in a lot of places of the world that have the same question that you do. And by you sending this question, it's helping out the entire community. So don't feel like you're being silly. I know that I've been kind of tough on some people that send questions in, but also look, sometimes I have a long ass day and I'm recording a podcast cause I got to do it and I'm not in the best mood. So I'm kind of harsh about it. But at the same time, this business is rough and life is harsh. So Sorry if I'm not, you know, kid gloving every question, but I'll, I'll do my best to be as nice as possible, constructive. And if I'm not, I apologize in advance. So we have some questions lined up here. <clears throat> so DJ Marvel says, 
Do you use an external drive when performing at events? No, I don't. I am debating on having the music strictly on the computer rather, th rather than the hard drive, but keeping backups of my music, of course. I'm trying to prevent anything from happening or somebody bumping or somehow unplugging the hard drive. My computer is strictly for DJing and nothing else. I'm not too worried about taking up too much space since I only have Serato and Rekordbox. I just want to get opinions to see which way I want to go with. Store it all on your computer. You'll be fine. You don't need an external hard drive. At this point, you can get like terabytes on computers. So in the next 18 months, you should be able to get two terabytes because technology doubles every 18 months. I forget what, uh, what law it is, but let me look it up now. Tech technology doubling every 18 months. No, not 18 minutes, 18 months. Very good, Siri. I forget what it's called. It, Moore's Law. So Moore's Law says that pretty much uh, the amount of transistors that fit on a computer chip will double every 18 months, which basically means that the amount of technology available today in 18 months should be double. So you're, you're going to be fine just putting it on your computer. You don't need an extra hard drive. It's just clunky, heavier, and extra equipment. You'll be okay. You go on, DJ Marvel goes on to say, do you use DJ drops during your set when performing live or do you just use them when recording mixes? If you use them live, how often do you use them? I know not to overdo it with the drops since I do not like the way it sounds. Well, then you answered your own question. Use it whenever you think you should. Marvel goes on to say, where do you get your DJ drops slash tags? I'm just, I make them myself. I'll find somebody whose voice I like and tell them here, say my name into this and then put some effects on it. The, the one thing that I would tell you to do is whatever you decide to do with your voice, drop, keep it consistent. When they say write out what, oh, so you're talking about getting some, I know that there are some websites out there that to get them, but looking from a, looking for a trustworthy site, I wouldn't know because I've never done it. When they say write out what info you want them to say, what are the most important things for them to say? For example, you're in the mix with X. Well, <laughs> I recently listened to a mix that got sent to me that was the worst DJ drops ever. And I'm not going to put it on blast because I, I told this person, I was like, yo, good mix. I like what you did. But the, the DJ drops you put on there are cancer. Just they're wor the worst. Take them off. Terrible. It was like, follow on Facebook. DJ this guy. Smash that like button. Like that. Like just terrible. Like, you don't need all that. No one's going to go follow you on Facebook because they hear a drop in the club or in a mix. Like, if they like the mix, they're going to look for you. That's why it's important to have an easy way to, for people to find you the way that they want to with just one link.net. Sorry. Uh, so what I would tell you to do is you probably don't need all that shit unless you're going to do it for, like, an intro. That's like, I don't know. You're now in the mix with DJ Marvel. Uh, you are from... 720. I don't know what that area code is. Let's just say you're from from Houston. You're now in the mix with DJ Marvel, Houston's premier open format DJ. That's it. What? Nothing else. And then just don't bother people again with that shit. Just play music. <laughs> and then just have a simple DJ Marvel that you drop in between your mixes every 30 minutes or something like that when you find a space or when you need a little filler. That's what I would recommend that you do. And that goes out to you know anyone that might have that same question. We have a mix here, and then we have one from Finland, Helsinki. I played the Tiger, I think, in 2015. I wonder if that's still around. And also, where did I go? I want to say I went to Thun. Yeah, I played in Thun also, this club called H2. No, that was, that was Switzerland, wasn't it? I think that was Switzerland. I'm not sure. I know I went somewhere where the booker was like, yeah, we're... we're where you would consider these people rednecks, like somewhere in the middle of nowhere. I'd have to look it up. But anyway, shout out to shout out from overseas. And this is from DJ Tim one. Shout out from overseas, Finland, to be specific. I came across you and your work from that awesome episode of the road podcast where you were visiting and started following your podcast right away. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate your take on listening and answering listeners' questions. Usually those questions are universal and apply everywhere, even here. Uh, well, yes, you're right. You had a question a while ago about starting your own parties, and I'd like to continue from that. For s some background, me and my homie had a club night in a music bar in a smaller city here in Finland for 11 years. We got into different opinions with the newly changed management and had to end those nights. We had a great win-win deal with both sides. Now we're looking for... Now, after a while, I'm looking to start 
another night in Helsinki, our capital. Times and venues are different than 12 years ago and in a smaller city, so there are some challenges in my way. Question is, as you have traveled around doing a lot of gigs and probably have a lot of peers that do their own events, is having slash having your own event slash nightclub, in your opinion, something to look up to or pursue? Is something that is it something you can build from the ground up? Is that more desirable than just getting random bookings to DJ? So that piece of the question is, yeah, I would say, why do you want to go off and send a bunch of emails, contact a bunch of different clubs, invoice, maybe chase your money, deal with nights that where you don't know the crowd, you don't know the staff. It's so much better just to have a home base. If you can make steady money and you have a deal worked out with the nightclub in your area, you avoid all of those problems. And also what you're doing is you're gaining leverage in that community. So if you have a really good party at a medium club, and at some point, let's say that the club says, hey, we're going to change your deal. You get less money now. You could approach a bigger club and say, hey, look at the good work we did over there. We were making them this much money. They want to change our deal up. We're not into that. Will you have us? So now you've gained leverage inside of your own market. So you, in essence, have better job security. Now, if you're getting random gigs all around the, the place, regardless of the city, maybe you'll get, I mean, you could still do both, right? Maybe you pick where you're like, let's do our party on Saturdays or Fridays or an off day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You have your party on one of those days and then you still travel on other days. You don't have to be locked down to one place. Maybe your party, since you say times have changed, maybe the the volume of people going out is less. So you don't want to be on the hook. You don't want to be responsible for filling a nightclub three nights in a row or two nights in a row. Maybe you can fill a nightclub one night in a row on a Saturday and then you travel on Fridays. You could do both. I don't think you should limit yourself to one. You could go around and maybe you have pop-ups. So let's say that you would name your club party, uh, shoot, let's see, DJ Tim One, uh, Big Up Saturdays. You name your, your party Big Up Saturdays and you do that and you build up a name and then people know Big Up Saturdays is the place to be on Saturdays at your club, at the club you, you're working at. Then let's say you want to have a pop-up so in a different city, you talk to the club, you talk to the managers, and you say, hey, I'm going to take the big up party to this other city for one day. You work out a deal, and then you have big up Wednesday special event at another club. And you can charge them money. You can explain to them how the deal is going to get brokered, and you're bringing value to that nightclub on an off day when they wouldn't be having that kind of value brought to them by their regular clientele or their regular local DJs. So... There's a lot that you can do to maximize your your value in this market. I would tell you to to do all of it. Why not? I mean, it's probably best not to have three nights in a row somewhere, right? So you go on to say, as for me, I like to be in complete com- control of the evening, gathering up a good team of DJs and people in general and doing everything to our own passion. Of course, there's always a bigger financial risk and a lot of work to do but then we're in control of the evening i agree this is a great this is all on you it's you if you fail it's your fault and if you succeed you get the you get the rewards and the benefit nothing against getting booked to just dj i also do it happily but again what in your position in your opinion is something to pursue for well those two things those two things that i just mentioned do all of it brand one night get it make sure that you focus on quality and name recognition so don't name it like Saturdays at Club Vodka. Like don't use the club name because you can't take Wednesdays at Club Vodka to another club. Name it your thing. Like that's from a marketing point. Name it something that you can control, something that you can move around. So if there's a problem with that club, like you had a problem with the last club, you can move your party to a new place. And you're not a slave to the name if it's part of that club. So whatever you do <laughs> make sure that you name it something unique and and something that you guys believe in and you can take big up saturdays if you want i have no problem with that just send me like a five percent royalty check every month and we're good to go i'm just kidding i don't want your money all right so also at the end of this you linked a mix so thank you tim one i will listen to this mix this is uh 
a link to a mix of mine. I know it's too long to be featured. I don't know if uh, it would pass standards for you. Well, I'll listen for sure, and I'll give you some feedback. I would appreciate if you had some time to listen. I will. It's a third part of a throwback R&B and hip-hop mix. Fantastic. A lot of parts are familiar and maybe overplayed tunes, but I think it came off quite nice. Okay, no problem. I will listen to it. If you guys want to submit mixes to me, it's the same email. Myfavoritepodcast at gmail.com. Send me your your mix. 45 minutes is what I like the mixes to be because I think after that they get too long. And if I think that it's something that the DJs and the listeners of this podcast would enjoy, I will put it up and you get featured and your social media goes out to everybody. If I don't think that it's good enough to be featured, then I will definitely give you some feedback. I'll tell you, hey, look, I'm not going to put this mix up because this, this, or this. Uh, recently, DJ Chisel from Miami, I just made sure that I said the name right, Chisel, because it's, it's spelled C-H-I-Z-Z-L-E. He sent me a mix that's about an uh is it an hour? I don't I don't remember exactly, but it's an opening up mix. So and he's opening up in Miami. He's opening up at Wall Favela Beach Tuesdays, which is like a big semi industry party where they have a lot of like island slash Brazilian music that gets played there. So there's a touch of that during the opening mix, and I think uh, I'm going to put it up on the podcast because it will give people a very good reflection of what gets played between 1130 and 1240 in Miami. Nowhere near the energy of a lot of other markets because there's so many hours to party inside of a nightclub in Miami that you got to save some music and you don't have to peak the energy at 1230, 12 o'clock. Like, there are still times where I walk into nightclubs at 1130 and DJs are playing hard house face mail edm put your hands up records it's like where where are we going from here <laughs> you're already at 10 right i digress i don't want to harp on opening again but uh what i'll do instead of complaining about it is feature that opening mix which is a direct reflection of a dj opening up in miami on a popular night in a popular nightclub and you guys will kind of get a an idea of how it goes down Unfortunately, I don't have any more questions to read off. It's been kind of a slow question uh, time. <clears throat> I think everyone's been busy donating money instead of sending me questions. Let me just scroll through my email here. Oh, here we go. DJ Specs. My name is Specs from Chicago. Love the podcast. Thank you. I have a quick question about learning how to scratch. Obviously, it takes years of practice to perfect it period, the end, question over, right? But what do you recommend is the best way to learn? I've seen or I've been told to watch some YouTube videos, but what else do you recommend? Dude, you just got to sit there for hours. There's no shortcut. It's like learning an instrument. If You know how long it takes to learn how to play guitar? Like there's tutorials, seminars, videos. There's a million ways to learn, but the only way you're going to learn is by putting in hours and hours. That's it. There's no There's no way around it. YouTube, sure. That's one piece of the pie. Watching other people, watching DJ videos, another piece of the pie. Tutorials, another piece of the pie. But you have no, no pie if you don't have the oven. And the oven is hours and hours and hours of work. Sit there until your arms get tired. Until you get frustrated and you, you think, fuck, I'm never going to learn how to do this. And then once you get to that point, you're on the right path. That's the on-ramp to the highway to learn. That's where a lot of people quit. That's the moment where they're like, I'm done with this. This is too hard. Fuck this. I'm, I'm going on to the next thing. When that, that's literally the on-ramp. That's like the toll to get on the highway. When you're like, fuck this. I can't do this. I'm, I'm never going to get good at this. Once you get past that and you keep going, now you're on the highway. Now you're you're on your on the way to your destination to become a fantastic anything that you're doing. <laughs> you know, whether it be playing guitar or learning how to scratch. You have to hit that frustration because that means that you're actually trying and you're putting in the effort. Once you get over that wall and you continue to work at it is when you start getting good. <clears throat> Another question here from DJ Saggio. Hi conflict, I came out to see you in New York and learned a lot. Thank you for being a great host that night, and I can't wait till the next one. A couple of questions here. Uh, so some of these were for nightlife operators, but I didn't really find the value because they're, they're just they're 
very strange question, Sagio. So first, what do you want to see out of a younger DJ under 25 in terms of performance and how they conduct themselves? What the fuck does age have to do with anything? That question doesn't make a lot of sense. Sorry if I'm being harsh about it, but it just, you know, what they would want to see out of a younger DJ is probably the same they want to see out of an older DJ veteran. It's the same shit. Uh, how do they make up for the lack of experience in a space and other means in order to provide value? So that question's better. What I would say there is just be on time. <laughs> be on time, be willing to learn, and take criticism. Easy. Take criticism and get better from it. If a promoter says, yo, that was garbage, don't do that again, then maybe don't do that again and find a different way, right? And then for me, there are some questions here. When reading a crowd and gathering information before your set, what are some indicators you use to guide your decision-making process later on, and what do you look for? I look for a lot of different things. I look for what people are dancing to, what sections of the room are dancing to what, what alcohol they're drinking, what they're wearing, what songs they cheer for, their age, kind of to know how far back I can go. I look at uh, also the, the place that I'm, I'm playing at, the night of the week that it is. You know, on Saturdays, you might get more of a mixture than you would on an off day. So if you're playing a hip-hop-only party on a Sunday, you know that that's going to be a hip-hop-only party. Whereas if you're playing a hip-hop-only party on Saturday, you might get a little bit of mixture in there of different kinds of crowds, which could open up a different avenue here or there, not too far, but a different avenue of music, right? How does this change during your set? Well, if I make a, an assumption prior to going on and I look around and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this. And then I get on and I'm, I'm starting to go down that road and I'm immediately f like hit with resistance, meaning the crowd stops dancing or they're not really vibing as hard as I thought they would. I abort and I go somewhere else. I'm like, okay, I, I did not get that one right. Let's try the other pieces of data that I have here from watching the opener. <clears throat> then your next question is, can you walk us through how you would open a Vegas nightclub? There are some mixes that I've put up here on my podcast, like the first 45 and, and something else, good music for early. Those are good examples of opening, and it just depends on the place. Like, I can't give you an example of how to open a nightclub if I'm not in front of the people because it could be drastically different every single time. It could be a Friday night where there are 15 bachelorette parties and five guys that just hit the lottery and happen to be in that club. And then there's you know 35 girls and five dudes, or there's 50 girls and five dudes, or there's 120 girls and one guy, or the club is mixed and there's a party where they're hosting a conference, so Microsoft is paying for a table and there's 600 people from Microsoft and then 15 people that are like, whoa, are we at the wrong place? I can't tell you how it would open because it, it all depends on what is in front of me. Then you ask, can you give us three or four examples of tracks that you would play at each hour and how you would do it based on the last time you were in Vegas? No, because it, again, it's, it's dependent on the, the entirety is dependent on what's in front of me. It's not going to serve anybody any good if I give you examples because you will never see the same crowd that I saw the last time I was in Vegas. Even if it's similar, it, it could drastically change the variables for how to play that room. So I can't because it, it would not be a helpful thing to, to provide. <clears throat> uh, I think that was the last question. I pretty much have pretty much have answered every single question uh, that got sent to me. So thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Again, if you have your questions, send them to me. They're going to benefit more than just you. And there's nothing, there's not a wrong question. I might get like a little heated because Saggio is asking questions that are kind of silly. They're, they're not, they're, I'm sorry, Saggio, they're not silly, but they're just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that they're beneficial. So I can't answer them. And I think that the reasons why, hopefully, are, I explained are good enough. But if you have a question, though, by the way, Sadio, those were real specific. If you have a question that's like that, that is individual to you, like, I'm having this problem at this club, can you help? Or I can't figure out how to do this, can you help? Those are better than, 
me giving you experience on the crowds that I opened up for. You know what I'm saying? So if you have your questions, send them to myfavoritepodcast at gmail.com and I'll gladly answer them as best as I can. If you have a mix you want featured, 45 minutes, send it to the same email. Check out justonelink.net and get your Just One Link done. My link is going to be back up on my Instagram page probably tomorrow or Saturday. I am going to leave the GoFundMe up until hmm, maybe Saturday morning. I'm going to be traveling on Friday. So Saturday, Saturday morning, Saturday midday, I will shut down the GoFundMe. So if you haven't donated it and it's something that you might want to do, then feel free to look it up. It's on my Instagram page, my favorite DJ on Instagram and also on Twitter, my favorite DJ. It's gofundme.com forward slash pay the DJs. And you can donate if you want to donate a little bit, you want to donate a lot, you want to share the link, whatever. You don't want to donate. That's fine too. As long as you're aware of what's happening, I think that's the important part. I appreciate everybody listening to this. I appreciate uh, the screenshots. I get screenshots from like old podcasts, people going backwards and listening to the podcast I did with Excel seems to be super popular. The one with Diesel, the one with Obscene, all the DJs that I've had on here. I'm going to definitely make a push to have more guests on the podcast because I think that those are the podcasts that, that this is from a selfish perspective. The, the podcasts that people go backwards and listen to the most are the ones that have guests on them because I don't know that there seems to be a correlation between wanting to hear what other people's takes on certain things are and people like actually making a, an effort to go backwards and listening to those podcasts. So I will definitely make a push for having more guests on this podcast in the future. I appreciate your screenshots telling me you're listening to it, that it's valuable to you. If it's valuable to you and you think other people can get value from it, please take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories, share it on your Twitter. Let other DJs know that this is a, a point where they can send their questions, send their mixes, where we're all coming together for each other because this community just put together $9,000 for some battle contestants that should have been paid. And we said, fuck it. If they're not paying them, we'll take care of it because we got to look out for our own. And that is a beautiful thing. Thank you.